morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you are. This is DJ Justin Kenoy on the TTT Radio Network, coming to you from a finally sunny Southern California, sunny San Diego. It's already making me feel a little bit better, so for all of you that are here in my geographic area, I'm sure it's feeling pretty good. It's Tuesday. It's a few minutes after 11 o'clock, which means it's time for On My Mind, which is the title of this show. And by the way, I wanted to mention, for those that don't know, that the TTT and the TTT Radio Network stands for tunes, or wait, talk, tunes, and topics. And so I thought for today, I might spend a little bit more time talking. There'll still be probably more music than talking, but you know, I was just watching a Howard Stern interview with um, the Dixie Chicks. This was from like 2006. It was a pretty old video. And they were about to perform Landslide. And Natalie Maines, the lead singer of the Dixie Chicks, was starting to talk about uh, their rendition of that song and how they had met Stevie Nicks and actually performed the song with Stevie a few times. And just getting a little bit of insight on a song before a performer plays it always makes it a little bit more interesting for me, especially when you're watching a live performance. And it got me thinking that there are a lot of songs in my database of music and, and songs that I play when I'm at my events or I'm at weddings, uh, maybe even at a club, and they jog a memory. And I think that's a big part of what music does for all of us. Usually happy memories, sometimes sad, but I thought it would be fun for at least the first 30 to 40 minutes of today's show to talk about some songs that conjure up some really strong memories for me. And what better way to start than to pick out a couple songs that I have played at the beginning of all of my events. So when I say the beginning, I mean the sound check. And every DJ, every sound person probably has a go-to song that they sound check with. And when I started DJing back in the early 90s, one of the first times I was at an event, I was with the owner of the DJ company that I was working for, and he had mentioned that he always plays this particular song when he's doing his sound check. And it was probably the first time I had heard the song. And while I don't necessarily use it for my sound check all the time, every time I hear it, I always remember to that first sound check that I had with TKO DJs back in St. Louis. This is Bang the Drum All Day by Todd Rundgren.
on the TTT Radio Network. It's DJ Justin Kanoi. That's Bang a Drum All Day by Todd Rundgren. And as I mentioned, that was the go-to soundcheck song for the owner of the DJ company that I first started working for back in 1991. And all of us DJs, we all have our song, the main song that we want to do our soundcheck to. And I remember that day that was his. And I thought, well, I guess I got to have mine. And weirdly enough, we used to get paired up with another DJ. And so this next song became my sound check song, but I'm not even sure if it was my choice. And it's interesting because I'm trying to remember why this even became or why this was picked out. And it makes me think, because back in the day, we used vinyl. So in 1991, when I first started DJing, I was actually using records and vinyl and lugging around crates and crates of records. And I almost think that this might have been right at the front of one of the crates because it's a Babyface song. So very likely, in alphabetic order, Babyface was, very, was right to the front of the crate of music. And so it makes sense that this would have been it. And so from that point on, at least for the next several events of mine, I would use Babyface, It's No Crime, to do my sound checks too. And so anytime I hear this song, I think back to those early days when I started DJing. And every now and then, I will slot this in. So if you come to one of my gigs and it's pretty early and I'm playing this, you'll know why. This is Babyface, It's No Crime.
Babyface on the TTT Radio Network. My original soundcheck song from back in 1991 when I first started DJing. And so I guess it lends the question, what is my go-to soundcheck song these days? And, you know, it's really important when you're soundchecking at an event because... You know, just like with anything, you're really you're playing to a crowd. And in this case, when you're setting up, it generally could be staff from the venue. It could be your coordinator or other vendors that are in the room. And you need to be respectful to all the people that are in the room because it's not like when you sound check, you're doing it at a comfortable listening volume. I mean, when you're sound checking, you got to make sure everything's working. And ideally, you want that volume to be at a level that it's going to be later on in the day. So for me, lately, I've been playing this song, which is a very, I guess, easy on the ears to listen to. No one can be offended by it, at least from what I can tell. And there's not a ton of singing. So sonically, it's very good from a soundcheck perspective, but it also works really nicely because just about anybody in the room can get along with this. This is Jubel. Oh, <laughs> 
Jubel on the TTT Radio Network. I'm DJ Justin Kanoya. We're just going to get right back into the music. Sorry for the uh, little difficulties. I'll explain this one a little later. This is extreme and more than words. If I took those words 
That's Extreme on the TTT Radio Network. It's DJ Justin Kanoya sharing with you songs that jog a memory. But of course, mainly a memory of myself. Or hey, maybe some of these songs help you remember something. And this one in particular, it came out, uh, I believe, in 1991, 92. I am just remembered about a student council camp that I was at. And, you know, this is one of those songs. It's just an instant sing-along. And, of course, when it first came out, everyone was singing along to this. And no one had really heard of Extreme at the point. And I think it really still to this day was probably their biggest or really only radio single. These guys are pretty hardcore rockers, but then they came out with this little acoustic tune. So I will always remember that student council camp because this song was really at its height, at the height of its popularity when it came out. And then many, many years later, uh, probably close to 20 years ago, uh, all my friends at the San Diego Asian Film Festival, we were in a bar one night and it was a karaoke bar and someone came up to sing the song, but of course, the entire bar sang it. So I remember that camp. I remember that night at DJ Karaoke where we were all singing this song. Such a good one. Such a good one. Moving right along. This is one that I'm sure would jog anyone's memory, anyone that's been on a road trip. Anytime I hear it, I always remember just kind of cruising along the road. This is Take It Easy. Never be here again So put up by 
the Eagles and take it easy on the TTT radio network. Doesn't that just make you want to get in your car? And if you don't have a convertible, just go out and rent a convertible and just go out and cruise, which is something we can't do right now. I mean, I guess I could. I guess you could just start driving somewhere, but when you get there, it may not be open. So here's to road trips in the future, hopefully this summer, definitely by the fall. But there's just something about that song. Um, when I start on a road trip, it, I feel like that's the first song that we gotta that we gotta play. That's the first one on the playlist for sure. That's "Take It Easy" and the Eagles. You'll listen to the two, the TTT Radio Network talks, tunes, and topics. And I thought. I would spend this late morning, this afternoon, wherever you are, and play some songs for you that have strong memories for me. And when I hear them, I immediately just, I think of something. Like, I remember when I heard some of these songs for the first time. Or earlier, I played a UB40 song, and that was off an album that I had, it was the first CD that I had ever purchased. And so anytime I hear songs from that album, I remember buying that CD at a little music shop in Hawaii. This next song is from a band that really was one of the first of its time, and, and this is from 1988. This was really interesting because this was the time for me when I was listening to a lot of gangster rap, NWA, Eazy-E. And so listening to a group of four black male artists, musicians, wasn't out of the ordinary. But this was not a rap group. This was not gangster rap. This was not R&B. This was some hard, hardcore rock. And I just remember thinking, this is amazing. This is going to be my band. Like, this is the band that I am going to say is my favorite band. So anytime I hear something from Living Color, I remember to the first time I heard the cult of personality. So if you're listening to this right now and you're working, my apologies, because we're going to kick it up a notch. It's time to rock. This is the cult of personality by Living Color.
living color. Now, be honest. Did you do a little air guitar there? Oh, God, I still love that band. That was Corey Glover on lead vocal and Vernon Reed on the guitar. These guys were amazing. If you really want to treat, go on to YouTube and search their Saturday Night Live performance. It was just absolutely, absolutely rocking. Um, and now I want to Google what's just, like, kind of where are they now uh, with Living Color? Not sure if they're still a band. Not sure who's still around. Uh, but just, I mean, what a completely different sound, especially in 1988 uh, when you think about that was just just a couple years before really the face of music just completely changed uh, when Nirvana came uh, came in and we started listening to grunge rock this really you could look at this as being one of those bands it was kind of the bridge between the hair bands of Poison and Rat uh, this was sort of the intermediary before we got to Nirvana and uh, what Soul Asylum and Stone Temple Pilots so Moving on to something that's completely different. We're just going straight pop, but this is a song that will always remind me uh, when I would go to Six Flags in my early teen years. There was a, a dance club inside the Six Flags that was open to uh, 18 and under, an 18 and under club. And you can imagine in the early 90s, uh, between, I don't know, 1990 to 93, it was just all about that bubblegum pop from New Kids on the Block and Tiffany and Debbie Gibson. And of course, one of the most interesting and controversial duos of the time, Millie Vanilli, who won a Grammy for Best New Artist way back then, but of course had to give it up because they were lip syncing all of their performances. And one of those performances, of course, was their hit song, Baby, Don't Forget My Number. We all danced to this in the 90s, you did. And we still dance to it now. Here's Millie Vanilli on the TTT Radio Network.
strong, then you never go wrong. I can the best for you. So when you're in doubt and needing someone, baby, call my line. Call me anytime. I'll be there for you. I'm searching. Hi. It's Milli Vanilli, and don't forget my number. And, you know, I got to be honest, I, I don't fault them for lip syncing uh, because I want to lip sync that song every time I hear it. So uh, I think if someone threw a bunch of cash at me and said, we need you to go on stage and dance and sing some of these or lip sync some of these songs, I'd be all in. I'd be all in. But it did make matters a little difficult when they ended up getting critical acclaim. Which is just crazy when you think of who wins Best New Artist now, right? That Millie Vanilli won a Grammy for Best New Artist. And now you have people like Nora Jones. And I think Alicia Keys won, Billie Eilish. Uh, it's just a little, it's a little crazy. Uh, talking about songs that I remember, or at least when I hear them, bring back a really strong memory. And just this morning, I was watching a video that was talking about different little elements from, this, from the movie Ferris Bueller's Day Off. And of course, there are two songs that are very memorable in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Donka Shane being one of them because that's the song that was playing in the parade when Ferris and Cameron and Sloan were jaunting through Chicago. But of course, this particular song which comes out at the credits, which is one of those crazy things, because before, you know, movies just, they would just end. And I, would just, I just remember kind of be taken aback and surprised that once the Ferris Bueller's, Ferris Bueller's Day Off had ended, the credits came on, and yet there was still a little bit more movie. And probably what was most significant was this song that was playing during those closing credits. So let's remember to the time when Mr. Rooney was walking around 
and he sits down on the bus and grabs that very, very warm jelly bean. This is Oh Yeah by Yellow. Yes, that's yellow with their 1987 song. I don't think I've listened to that song in its entirety. That song was exactly three minutes, and we just listened to the whole thing. You know, I was just doing some quick research. It's interesting because Ferris Bueller's Day Off came out in 1986. And, of course, as I mentioned earlier, that song was played during the closing credits while Mr. Rooney was walking onto the bus and having to ride back to school with all the students. And the song, while the movie came out in 86, the song charted in 1987. So it sounds like that was really the springboard for popularizing the song. And that's something we just don't see these days where movies were such an influence to not only pop culture, but to music culture back in the 1980s. Songs would appear on soundtracks and then end up charting uh, on mainstream radio. And so, oh yeah, in particular, particular reached uh, number 51 on the Billboard Hot 100 and number 36 
on the dance chart. So it's just, it's interesting to see how music is just so different, uh, you know, 20 to 30 years later. A song like that probably would not chart in today's uh, music, and I can't imagine it being on a dance chart. But of course, it's just the changing face of music, and who knows? Maybe something like that becomes uh, popular once again. In 1997, I was just starting college, and there was a band in that same era that you really couldn't turn. Uh, it really didn't matter what station you had on the radio. It didn't matter where you were walking on your campus, in college, or in dorm rooms. You were going to hear this song playing somewhere, and you were going to be hearing this band playing somewhere. Of course, it's Hootie and the Blowfish. Here's Hold My Hand. With a little love and some tenderness, we'll walk upon the water, we'll rise above the mist with a little peace and some harmony. We'll take the world together, we'll take them by the
I am instantly taken back to Centennial Hall, walking through the dorms with Hootie and the Blowfish, Hootie and the Blowfish playing, and on the radio, and probably friends playing on a TV somewhere. Anytime I hear Hootie and the Blowfish, especially from the Cracked Rearview album, or Hold My Hand, um, I think like many of you, it was just it just consumed us during that era, and I bet you can probably place it somewhere. This is a, an interesting song uh, that I'm about to play, and it's, it's, a, it, 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 actually, it's from another uh, a soundtrack. Uh, this is from A Walk to Remember, that Mandy Moore uh, movie. And going back to 2005, I had to, look, I had to look this up, but I did a wedding in 2005, and the couple had, had asked me to play this song as the first uh, not the first dance, but the first song that I play for the open dance portion. And I had never heard the song before. Uh, this is actually a cover of an, the original song, and it's been covered many times. Uh, but I had never heard not only the original, but of course hadn't heard this version. And you always have to be a little hesitant when, when someone's like, oh, play this song uh, first. That's how we want to get the dance party going. At least that's what I thought right back back then. But, and especially to, you know, any wedding DJ or um, anyone that's, that's listening, you know, when your couple or your client says, this is the song we want to hear first, uh, it's very likely that that's going to be the right song to play, better than anything that you could have chosen. Because this is the thing that they've been waiting to hear, like they've been envisioning, oh, we're going to kick this party off with this song. And I thought, all right, well, I'm going to do it. I probably was very skeptical about it. But of course, it did amazing. It got everyone on the dance floor. And while I don't necessarily play this very frequently during an open dance period, I'm definitely playing it during dinner, during cocktail hour. It's just a feel-good song. It's a cover of Dancing in the Moonlight by Top Loader. You're listening to the TT Radio Network. Don't bark and they don't bite, they keep them. 
Top Loader's rendition of Dancing in the Moonlight. And it's just one of those songs. Every time I, I play it, I hear it. Uh, there's n the only memory I uh, can come into my head is I just see this dance floor full of people at a wedding and just enjoying themselves. And it was really this time where I was like, this is, it was my first lesson. And like, you really need to listen to the client. They know their guests the best. And that's also one of those songs. You know, there, there are certain songs that, you know, people that may not be familiar with them, but they will come up and ask, hey, like, what's, what is this song? Who's, who's singing this? Uh, that song that you just played before this one, what, what was it? And there are just certain songs that just have a very catchy melody, a catchy hook. And those are the songs that I kind of set aside in a little playlist where it's not something that you would play during a peak dance period, but it's something that you play in the background that just makes people feel really good. Uh, and that was one of them. Uh, that, that's a memory from a wedding that, that I will always have. This next one is also a pretty crazy memory, and it's a, it's a story that I tell pretty frequently, especially when it comes to explaining to people how you read a crowd or how you sort of adjust to a situation. And this goes back to around that same time, 2005, 2004, I was doing a wedding, and it was right in the middle of summer. It was super hot, and we're in this room, and it was really stuffy, and the groom, I saw him walk off the dance floor, and he wanted to take his undershirt off. And I'm seeing him over off the side of the dance floor, and he takes his, you know, his dress shirt off, and then he starts to take his undershirt off. And for that moment, he was, didn't, have any, didn't have a shirt on. He was topless. And I was just about to play a song, uh, but I knew at that moment, and I knew this guy's personality. It was big. It was boisterous. He really, he's one of those guys. He's like the life of the party. And I immediately switched what I was about to play and put on this song because it was just perfect for the moment. You might guess it because he was too sexy for this shirt. This is right, said I'm Fred. Too sexy for my love. Too sexy for my love, love's going to leave. This is I'm Too Sexy by Right Said Fred.
Right to said Fred. Right, right to said Fred. Right said Fred. I'm too sexy. I got. I kind of transposed the band and the title of that song, but uh, always a memory and we that I that I will have from from a wedding. It was it was pretty crazy. And by the way, I I think I had played like the first verse and the chorus, and then we kind of mixed out of it. Uh, that's not a song that you really want to play play too long. But it's really it's when you talk about reading your crowd, and creating moments. Uh, that was one that I will always remember creating. Uh, speaking about moments, um, back in 2002, Jason Mraz, uh, who of course is a huge recording artist uh, these days, was just playing coffee shops here in San Diego. And I had actually seen Jason for the first time open for Lisa Loeb. And when I saw him perform I was I was I was impressed and I think I probably went online to f- see where he was performing next and a few weeks later he was gonna be playing at, at a coffee shop and uh, you know went to see the show and that's when you realize like that's that's why people open up for for larger acts it's to get that exposure and so I had been exposed to him and I had gone to see him at this coffee shop and so anytime I play some of these early Jason Mraz tracks, especially uh, on his acoustic album, these are songs that have never been released on any of his big uh, commercial releases. But I just remember back in the day in Ocean Beach at Java Joe's uh, sitting and listening to this music, which was just so great uh, to hear in its infancy. Uh, this is where my wife and I, who we weren't even married yet, we were going to watch these shows uh there's just nothing more pure about an acoustic performance in a coffee shop uh, and that's what jason did that's how he won fans uh way back in the day this is a song called did i fool you by jason moraz <laughs> Yeah. 
what I say. I said, did I, did I, my fool you, fool you, but didn't daddy fool you? He sang once and he go and twice, he gone for 35 or 40. And he go once and he go and twice, he gone for the number five, 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 the number Absolutely, definitely, positively, Jason Raz, that's called Did I Fool Ya? On the TTT Radio Network, I'm DJ Justin Kenoya, and I played that because it was a song that I remembered the first time I had heard Jason Mraz. He had opened for Lisa Loeb, and then we went to see him at a local coffee shop here. And it was just Jason and, and Toko Rivera, who was, you could hear Toka, he was the percussionist on that track. And it was, it was just, it was just cool. You know, you could, you could sense that there was going to be something bigger to this person. And of course, uh, things have worked out pretty well for, for Jason. This is another artist where it, it's very same thing. I had seen him open for Nika Costa and thought, man, this guy's voice is amazing. 
And this particular song that he performed during his show, I really enjoyed. And I uh, afterwards went to the merch table. This is back in the day with small shows, just like Jason. I, I remember purchasing a CD directly from Jason. This guy, Alan Stone, walked up to him at his merch table and bought his CD. And I, I said, what was that song that you played? It was like the third song in. He said, oh, that one's called Your Eyes. And, you know, he point, pointed to the CD and said, you know, it's this song. And it's one of my favorites from, from Alan Stone, who, by the way, I was supposed to see in concert a couple weeks ago. Of course, it was canceled. So at least I have the memory of the first time I had heard him. And this might be one of the first times you are hearing him. This is Alan Stone, Your Eyes.
the man with the velvety voice. It's Alan Stone. You're listening to the TTT Radio Network. I want to say hi to Pierre, who's listening out there, giving me the thumbs up that things are sounding good. And also Lee and his wife that are out in Connecticut. Uh, he actually texted me a photo of his car stereo. Listening, cruising around Connecticut, listening to some of these songs that are jogging great memories. And I remember, as I mentioned, hearing Alan for the first time, and particularly that song was uh, some good stuff. So I talked about Jason Mraz and hearing him for the first time, Alan Stone, and I kind of thought there's some other artists like that. And this one is, uh, is, is one of those. Uh, this is Anohea from Maui, a local, local kind, right? Local Hawaiian uh, music artist that uh, a friend of mine was sharing her music on Facebook, um, I would guess, five, six years ago. Um, and so it's, it's one of those things when I, when I hear her music, whether it's the new music uh, or even the older stuff, but if I hear it today, it just kind of reminds me of when I was hearing it for the first time. And, and sometimes you just remember those things, whether it's a new song on the radio uh, that you kind of think about the time that you really started to uh, enjoy or fall in love with this person's music. And this is one uh, song. The first time I heard this song, I thought, I like this. I like this a lot. She's come to San Diego a few times and seen her in, uh, in concert. This one's called Big Deal by Anahea.
That's Anohea. She's an artist from Hawaii, more specifically Maui. And I love that song. It was the first song I'd heard from her. That's off her first album, which came out a few years ago. And after she recorded that album, uh, she went into the studio and was working on a new one, but went on a, a crowdfunding website uh, that I cannot remember the name of that website that everyone used to use to crowdfund. It's not GoFundMe. It's one of the other ones. Um, but one of the rewards, if you uh, donated to the cause to help her produce her second studio album, was she would handwrite lyrics and, and send that to you, in addition to, to autographing uh, the new album and, and, or CD and sending that to, to you as well. Uh, so I had donated to that level, and I had asked for Big Deal, which is the song that you just heard, to be the handwritten lyric that I would receive. So there is this whole sheet of paper that I have framed where she handwrote the entire song lyrics to, and I've got that framed next to uh, the CD, which is also signed. So not only do I remember the first time hearing that, but every time I hear that song, I think about those handwritten lyrics that are hanging up on my studio wall. Really, really cool, fun stuff. This next song, by the way, it is 12.30. I did not expect to do the majority of this show uh, talking about song memories. My intention was to just do about 30 minutes, and then I just kept thinking of songs that I've got strong memories with and the stories that go along with them, so I figured I would indulge all of you with them. And this one is this first song, one of the, I should say one of the first songs that I played uh, when I was doing a gig for the first time. I suppose I've gotten many first times when it comes to DJing. I mean, I talk about when I started DJing in the early 90s, and then I did my friend's wedding in 2002. But the first time I was uh, sort of resurrecting my DJ career this was in late 2002. I was working for a local DJ company here in San Diego. I was sent to do this corporate event. And they had opened the dance floor, and they, they handed it the mic to me. So they had done their speeches. They gave out a few raffles, and they said, all right, we're going to turn it over to the DJ now, which is a huge, like, that's a massive amount of pressure um, because everyone's just sitting. And they just went through, like, this long speech uh, from the, the, the CEO of the company, and now they're just like, okay, it's time to party. I am now ready for those moments, but I was definitely not ready uh, in that moment. And I remember the lesson I had gotten. I was like, oh, you always sort of start the dance floor out a little slow, especially when it's empty. Because for the most part, no one wants to run out to an empty dance floor and just start sh shaking their thing, right? And so I remember grabbing that microphone and saying, all right, folks, uh, we're going to get the dancing going. We're going to start things off a little bit slow. And just as I said that, I'm like, my eyes locked on this table of these people, and this woman just started nodding her head like, no, no, no. We, we came here to dance. I specifically remember her saying that. And I was like, oh, okay. Uh, and so I just, like, grabbed my Cool in the Gang CD, and I didn't play Celebration, but I played this song, and I'm going to, and I thought, okay, I'm going to play this, and people are going to run to the dance floor. But of course they didn't. And so I will always remember the moment that I decided to play Ladies' Night and no one danced. Every time I play this, here's Ladies' Night. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, 
Cole McGang, and I will. St- I, I remember everything about playing that song and nobody, nobody dancing. It was at the Handlery Hotel, and you know, you just it, in most instances, especially at a holiday corporate function, uh, when there's an empty dance floor, you, you just can't play a song uh, and expect people to run out there and start dancing. And it doesn't matter if there's a table of people staring you cold stare and saying no. Don't play something slow. You play something, you play something slow. That is a lesson that I've learned. And that was 18 years ago. And so I still play that to this day. When I play it, I, I just remember that moment. It was crazy. Um, the band that I have seen most in concert, and I haven't seen them in concert in a long, long time, but in the early 2000s, I saw Bare Naked Ladies uh, for the first time when I lived in Texas and Dallas. And then when I moved to San Diego, uh, I was able to see them, of course, in San Diego, L.A., Anaheim. I was even on a business trip in D.C. and saw the Bare Naked Ladies perform. And for anyone that has been to a Bare Naked Ladies concert, uh, the, the real crescendo of the concert is when they close out uh, their main set before their encore and they play If I Had a Million Dollars. And I remember hearing this song for the first time when I was first turning on to the Bare Naked Ladies when I was in college and seeing them for the first time in concert. This is the song that was you know most anticipated. Um, so I still remember, anytime I hear this song, I remember the, the many times, 10, 12 times that I've seen these guys in concert And I remember all the different performances of If I Had a Million Dollars. So here's this performance that I'm playing for you on the TTT Radio Network.
I had a million dollars If I had a million dollars Well, I'd buy you a house I would buy you a house And if I had a million dollars If I had a million dollars Buy you furniture for your house Maybe a nice Chesterfield or an ottoman And if I had a million dollars If I had a million dollars Well, I'd buy you a K-car A nice reliant automobile And if I had a million dollars I'd buy your there and, and hang out like open the fridge and stuff and there are already foods laid out for us with little pre-wrapped sausages and things mm. they have pre-wrapped sausages but they don't have pre-wrapped bacon well can you blame them oh <laughs> uh, yeah if i had a million dollars if i had a million dollars well i'd buy you a fur coat but not a real fur coat that's cruel and if I had a million dollars If I had a million dollars Well, I'd buy you an exotic pet Yep, like a llama or an emu And if I had a million dollars If I had a million dollars Well, I'd buy you John Merrick's remains Ooh, all them crazy elephant bones And if I had a million dollars I'd buy you We just need more And buy really expensive ketchups with it That's right, all the fanciest ke Dijon ketchup mm. <laughs> If I had a million dollars If I had a million dollars Well, I'd buy you a green dress But not a real green dress, that's cruel And if I had a million dollars If I well, I'd buy you some art A Picasso or a Garfunkel If I had a million dollars If I had a million dollars Well, I'd buy you a monkey Haven't you always wanted a monkey? If I had a million dollars I'd buy you The Bare Naked Ladies on the TTT Radio Network playing you a version of If I Had a Million Dollars, which was their album version off their first 
album, Gordon. So interestingly enough, right, I, every time I hear that song, I remember about all the live performances I hear of them, but that was, of course, the studio version of it. I had seen the Bare Naked Ladies uh, 10 plus times in concert and always reminded of those great shows when I hear that. And speaking of seeing performances multiple times, my mom, who passed away uh, last year, didn't necessarily go to a lot of concerts, but she went and saw the Jersey Boys a lot. I would imagine three, four, five times, I'll have to check. But she absolutely loved that show. The Jersey Boys and Frankie Valley, that was her era of music. So I'm sure hearing those hits reminded her of a different time, a time when she was growing up. So much like what I'm playing for you today, a lot of these songs are from my adolescence and my teen years. It's really taken me back to uh, certain moments of my life. And I'm sure the music of the Jersey Boys had that effect on her. So I thought, as a tribute to my mom, we hear this song because I'm sure this jogs some memories, but every time I hear it, I think of her. This is the cast of the Jersey Boys singing, Oh, What a Night. the hit Broadway show, Jersey Boys, that was the cast of the Jersey Boys singing December 1963, Oh, What a Night. A song that, of course, anytime I hear reminds me of my mom who saw that show so many, so many times. We're talking memories, and again, I had no anticipation. I did not anticipate going two hours of memories 
And it's, it's funny because as 30 minutes kept going, you know, creeped up, and then 45 minutes, and then one hour, I was like, okay, I'm done. Now I'm just going to play some music. But we are 10 minutes away from the end of this show, and it looks like we're going to do the entire two hours of recollecting. So I've got two more songs for you. The first of these two is a memory I have from a 2018 wedding. It was actually the final wedding I did that year. A couple had flown me out to Puerto Vallarta to DJ their wedding. It was amazing. It was on the beach. And in my consultation with them and planning their music, they uh, had wanted... uh, Actually, they didn't request this song to be their last dance, but uh, Sophie, who was the bride, uh, was a huge Lady Gaga fan. And I thought, a great closer is the song You and I by Lady Gaga. It's a song that I had played as a, a last dance a few times, but, you know, it only really works for like hardcore Gaga fans. I mean, people enjoy the song, but uh, to have it as the final memory of your wedding, it's got to be a song that, that sort of globally everyone at the wedding enjoys. And so if you're a huge fan, this is, you know, a perfect song for that. And at their last dance, they had scheduled a fireworks display to be going off. So there we were on a beach in Mexico, fireworks going off, and I played You and I. I played a live version of it. This isn't the live version. This is just the regular radio version. But still, any time I hear this song, I think about that moment when we were just having a great time on the beach in Mexico. This is You and I. You're listening to the TTT Radio Network. It's been a long time since I came around. Been a long time, but I'm back in town. This time I'm not leaving without you. You taste like whiskey when you kiss me. I would give anything again to be your baby doll.
Nebraska and Jesus Christ There's something, something about the chase Six whole years A great memory from a wedding I was DJing in Puerto Vallarta. We were playing that song right up there on the beach. And I'll always remember that. Good times. Can't wait to get back to DJing weddings once again. Well, it is 12.55 right at the end of this shift. Thank you so much for taking a little stroll down memory lane. I enjoyed it with all of you. And I had only planned on doing 40 minutes at most. So... Anything that came after 1140 was pretty much me kind of going through and like seeing a song like, oh, yeah, I remember this. or I remember playing this or I've got a cool memory. Um, So thanks for sticking along. This is a lot of fun. You guys are listening to TTD Radio Network. Make sure you support all the other great music and great DJs on here. I'm going to take this out with Eric Hutchinson, another great guy, great, great music that we've uh, that I've watched in concert. So anytime I hear this song, I remember all those great shows. Once again, I'm DJ Justin Kanoa. You're listening to the TTT Radio Network. Here's rock and roll.